0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. This one is pretty
1: undeniable, and I wish I still had the wording from what Twitter was saying about it earlier today. But they were basically calling the statement that uh, Joe Biden made about the New World Order to the like calling the whole thing into question like oh well, it didn't mean he didn't mean what it uh, what he said and so and here's in case you haven't heard what he said here you know, it is we are
2: at an inflection point i believe in the world economy not just the world economy in the world it occurs every three or four generations as one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day 60 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946 and uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is the time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Hmm. I mean, it's a lot of buzzwords,
0: really. Uh, yeah, shifting paradigms and all that sort of nonsense. He didn't actually say paradigms. I kept expecting him to, you know, paradigms are mm-hmm. shifting and we got to be on the forefront of it. But, you know, for the, for Twitter and all of these other people, like, oh, he's not talking about like new world order, new world order. It's like, we can't yeah. pretend this terminology doesn't have some baggage. It doesn't to it, mean right?
1: anything. It's just a few
0: words he put together. It was an accident that he
1: said that. There's some other story I saw where they're recommending to politicians to not use that terminology because the most G- recent. I think <laughs> the most recent uh, one of the most recent times that it came out was uh, there was like an Australian politician who talked about the new world order during the covid situation. And she was, I guess, reprimanded or something later on like, hey, you shouldn't, shouldn't say those things. Um so I'm surprised he didn't say great reset because it seems like great reset is the new code word for new world order but regardless
0: well I think he the great it, reset is how we get from here to the world wo- new mm, world order right
1: yeah that could very well be and RT had actually reported on this earlier today and they actually referenced which of the uh the Australian people it was Biden says US must lead new world order so the actual uh, person I was referencing here, quote, Wasn't it
0: just a few days ago that someone else was talking about one of the reasons that we have this war going on in Ukraine is because Russia is trying to resist the creation of this new world order?
1: That's what some people are saying, yeah. I, I mean, don't know wasn't if that's
0: that, true, but... I seem to recall people saying this a few days ago, though.
2: We the people in H, I guess they're putting together uh, a plan uh, for dealing with the November elections and the, and the primary... Uh, so their plan is initially to run candidates in the primary, like constitutionalists, or at least people who they think are constitutionalists in the, in the primary, which is kind of a, not, a, not very unusual. But what is unusual is that they're planning on, they have a backup plan, so if they don't do well in the primaries or they feel like they need to, I think they're going to try to set up a sort of an alternate primary uh, like a second primary mm-hmm. where they have a, a vote of like a vote that's not really run by the government at all, but just a vote of people uh, on forums or something like that, or on, on websites uh, where they just select a write-in candidate, so that the write-in the write-in process can be organized. And the other advantage, I guess, is that they say that if if you have a write-in, then it forces the government to do hand counting to some extent.
1: Okay. And and who is We the People NH? I'm not familiar with this uh, organization.
2: It's Therese Grinnell's organization. You know there's Therese, right? Oh, uh,
1: yeah. hmm Yeah, she's a, a fairly well-known activist that just got activated within the last year or so. She, so she wants to have online voting uh, for her organization to choose primary candidates? No, I think
0: if Pretty I... Pretty much. If I understand
1: correctly, well, no, okay.
2: not not primary. Not necessarily primary candidates. But that, that's something they would do after the primary.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but this organization, these are mostly people who want to run as Republicans, right? Almost certainly. Probably. I can't imagine they'd have a too hard, too hard of a time finding positions for which to run.
1: In many cases, there are no Republican candidates or no Democratic candidates running, depending on what the district is. Some of them are, you know, hopelessly Republican or Democrat. And in many of those cases, the other party doesn't even bother fielding a a candidate. Keene is like that, for instance, where if you run as a Republican candidate. You get on the ballot because there's almost no chance that any other Republican uh, is going to run in Keene because they know they're going to lose uh, to the Democrats. So in what you area. do
0: is you get... You get the Republican running where they have no chance of winning, but you also get the Democrat is one of your people, right? Like That'd be nice, yeah. yeah. That if, way you win no matter what.
1: If we had enough people. But but then the Democrat also has to defeat the Democrat incumbent that's, who— Well,
0: that's the more difficult and part, And that's,
1: yeah. that's no easy <laughs> challenge. But it would at least give them a liberty candidate as an opposition in both uh, rounds of the election, both the primary
0: and, and surely in some of these positions, it can't be that hard. Like, who really is running for you know treasurer of— the whatever you know they have a long list of register of probates and stuff like that who's really running for those things surely you could get both a libertarian to run for a republican and a democrat for that position
1: and in some cases even where it is the republicans who are uh the the main party in a given area they still are going to have trouble finding people that want to do this job there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it We've got to unite the rest of the
0: free world in doing it. What they mean is they have to rule it. They don't want to yeah. lead it. They want to rule it. The and difference there is that a ruler is someone you don't choose. There's someone who says, obey me or be punished, where a leader is someone you choose to follow because they inspire you. Yeah, that's true.
1: Uh, and I, it so frustra- frustrates me when people call politicians leaders because yeah, they're most, not. most people do not trust politicians. Most people, at least, that are sane, know that when a politician's lips are moving, they're lying. But yet, for some reason, when election time comes around, they still pick their favorite politician and think that somehow their favorite politician is going to change things. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And they all do seem to have this mantra of the new world order and this goes back to what you were saying about the democrats being no different from the republicans it's very hard to really differentiate them significantly they both love the state they love to make the power of the federal government even larger over people's lives and they only quibble about the details you know they're like wrestler they're like pro wrestlers who they act are. like they hate each other but then they you know have coffee together
0: and you know, no. And I hate to talk about the Bilderberg group because it's so mysterious, right? But there are leaks of documents mm-hmm. that were written from people who actually attended these meetings. And if you go yep. back and you look at the ones that were, you know, released from like the 1950s, the 1960s and you read them, you can see them telegraphing things that are going to come to pass in the 80s and the 90s. Mm-hmm.
1: I do have this story from RT. It's an opinion piece by Rachel Marsden. She's a I guess a producer of some talk shows in Fran- uh, France or in french and english uh, also a columnist so she writes uh, this column over at rt why does this influential unelected globalist entity really exist talking about the world economic forum she writes when canadian parliamentarian colin carey of the conservative party asked prime minister justin trudeau's government recently on how many canadian ministers were actually quote on board with the world economic forum agenda unquote before his connection so-called broke up in the video conference
0: <laughs> like when nasa's feed suddenly cut out when something mysterious appears in the corner did of the you screen. hear about this when it happened no
1: yeah somebody told me about this that they were it was like during the time when they were having the hearings about the state of emergency due to the truckers and somebody asked a question on the floor of parliament in canada about the world economic forum and they were oh what's that <laughs> can't hear what you're saying there and like let the guy go or something like that i didn't watch the clip but supposedly they claimed technical difficulties and then just just ignored the question about these people
0: i wouldn't be surprised. i wouldn't put it
1: past them going back to the story here written by rachel marsden she's talking about justin trudeau and comments that he made in the fall of 2020 which essentially echoed the talking points of the world economic forum at the time Talking about using the pandemic as an excuse to, quote unquote, reimagine economic systems that address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality and climate change. He added, evoking a reset concept, much promoted by the World Economic Forum from the onset of the pandemic, that frames the crisis as an opportunity to fundamentally change the way that developed societies function. Then in August of 2021, Dutch MP Gideon van Meijeren asked Prime Minister Mark Rutte about a letter that he wrote to the World Economic Forum's founder, Klaus Schwab, in which he said that Schwab's book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, published in July of 2020, within the first few months of the pandemic, quote, inspired him to build back better, unquote. The phrase also happens to be the name of President Joe Biden's legislative agenda. Yeah, that's suspicious. Which includes increased wealth transfer into the murky black hole of climate change and social spending.
0: And, you know, all of this sounds really, really scary. But at the end of the day, I'm not overly concerned about it because I know that these people are not as smart as they think they are. They're not geniuses. They're not capable of running the world. Current Canadian
1: Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland is on the World Economic Forum's Board of Trustees. For listeners that may not know who this person is, Christia Freeland, I didn't know who she was until the trucker controversy happened when they were trying to freeze bank accounts. You remember that in Canada?
0: I... I remember the trucker thing happening.
1: They were freezing people's bank yes. accounts during the, the trucker uh, situation. Or donating the Freedom to them. Yeah. And, and GoFundMe
0: pulled the plug on them, I think, as well as some of those. Just really highlighting the need for cryptocurrency.
1: Correct. Christian Freeland was the woman who was announcing all those account uh, closures and freezes and things like that. So she is like basically number two
0: to Trudeau. That's who this person is. The finance minister.
1: She is on the World Economic Forum's Board of Trustees, alongside former Bank of Canada and Bank of England Governor Mark Carney. Freeland was last seen announcing asset freezes and crackdown measures against truckers and supporters in the streets in Canada, demanding an end to heavy-handed COVID mandates and restrictions. Uh, that it's the truckers were demanding that, not her. And I Carney- wonder
0: if this sort of article is the reason why governments in the West don't really want us to have access to Russia today.
1: That's why I say, you know, what do they want you to see? And Carney recently qualified the Freedom Convoy as sedition in a hysterical opinion piece published in the Globe and Mail newspaper. They have a vision for a fourth industrial revolution. This is from their website, their own website. Their agenda has an increased digital integration and digitization, urgent climate change
0: response, which is just a total power grab on the part of the state. Oh, absolutely. And a, I mean, If there's climate change, then the climate will change, and there's not a lot human beings can do about never it. Never has
1: been. Uh, fourth industrial revolution, they, disf- uh, they dis- define this as... Characterized by a range of new technologies that are fusing the physical, digital, and biological worlds, impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenging ideas about what it means to be human. What does any of that mean? Like you said, it's like a word salad of all these buzzwords just thrown together. What are they really trying to do? That's never made clear by the World Economic Forum. Are they trying to Forum. turn
0: us into batteries where we're just like plugged in and they harvest our physical bodies while we live in the matrix or whatever? They
1: would like that. I mean, it does sound like it. Batteries don't talk back. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the organization is also exploring the notion of quote unquote human enhancement. And those are just the aspects that are public. It sounds, it all sounds like it has the potential to give rise to a dystopian reality, particularly coupled with the previously unimaginable measures taken by democratic governments under a sanitary pretext over the past 2 years. I guarantee you, if we went through a list of the World Economic Forum members and looked at who the corporations were, we would find highly regulated industries that benefit yeah. from government control. And they do not care what people think about them because they're, quote-unquote, too big to fail. They'll get government subsidies in order to stay in business, even if they start pissing off uh, enough of their customers with what they do. But the final thought she has here in the story. Nonetheless, what is glaringly obvious is that the World Economic Forum serves as a clearinghouse and consolidator for ideas that promote a one-size-fits-all global agenda that has become interchangeable with the Western establishment status quo. There's nothing more undemocratic than elected officials serving any other master than their people. Much more light deserves to be shed on this supranational entity, its string pullers, and the extent to which their agenda trickles down into our daily lives. And I I totally agree uh, with the idea that people need to know about this organization. They need to be aware of how, as the word they used, penetrating, they are. They talked about how they're penetrating into government cabinets. They penetrate into uh, mega corporations. They've got their fingers, their claws into a lot of business and government in at the least the Western world. I don't know how much in, in Asia or whatever. On February 21st, the news, of course, about Truth Social, Donald Trump's new website, uh, which running is, by the way, running Mastodon, a modified version of Mastodon. Which is the exact same software that is running at social.freetalklive.com and thousands of other independent social media websites out there. They're all federated together. I haven't actually checked to see if Truth Social is federated, meaning that like you should be able to if it's federated, if they've yeah, left but they that, changed the
0: back end a lot, didn't they?
1: I don't know. I've not. I've not been on their site, um, but. First of all, I'm not allowed to without I'd have permission. i to ask permission,
0: and yeah. I don't want to ask permission. I, I, I so, kind of do just a troll. Secondly, you have to have an iOS device.
1: Oh. Unless they've released the Android thing in the first month, but they didn't have it on Why launch. can't you use, like, Element or... Not
0: Element. Uh,
1: a web browser? T- or Tusky? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't tried Tusky. That's a good question. Good question. Um, but what you're pointing out here is that Mastodon has these independent apps... Yeah. So you can just download a bunch of different apps and use your favorite one. And anyway, uh, the news here from Mediaite.com is that not only did the Trump social, or truth social as it is called, have a rocky launch where there was all kinds of errors and issues and sign-up bugs and difficulties that people were having. Just- I mean, that
0: was kind of inevitable, right? Donald Trump's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And when he launches his own social media server, I would have expected to have... Maybe millions of worldwide users. Sure.
3: There is a, a company called Tricot, and it's a, a New York home rental company. And um, to me, they're a definitely a price gouger. So they're taking advantage of the real estate market right now.
1: And they're called Tricot, and they rent houses
3: to people? Right. And they're... they're um, um, yeah, they operate mostly in the Sun Belt. That's where a lot of people want to move to and live. But their average rental prices are like three thousand dollars. Sarah, where did and you then, learn about I, this? I think they were on sixty minutes. They were on TV about it. When? Um, I don't know, like a couple nights ago.
0: I'm just trying to get a feel for for your lifestyle, really. Like, do you just sit around finding random news things to like? sit around and ponder
3: on? Well, like, the, the whole point, the reason I'm bringing this up... Is it Tricon? Is a, like the,
1: T-R-I-C-O-N?
3: Yeah, I think so. Tricon, yeah. And tri-con. then they what it is is that you rent out a house, like it's a hotel, you don't have to fix nothing. They come and fix everything for you.
1: You know that's, that's how rentals prices. tend to work, right?
3: Right, right, right. They even have their little vans, right. So then what they claim is that this is what people want. Sarah, have you ever met a landlord
0: or a rental company that you didn't dislike?
3: Uh, that I didn't dislike Well, I, I did I have some disagreements pretty with all, pretty much all of them. That's true. Mm. But- are, you, are you one of these rent is
0: theft people?
3: What, what did you say what what, what theft people?
0: I know a lot way, of liber, libertarian socialists. They hold this idea that renting to someone is theft. That well, she's a straight up communist, is, right? Well, so are the libertarian socialists. Yeah. They just don't know it. Just so, do you believe well, that rent well, rent is theft?
3: Well, the thing about it is that the way that these are he is, this company is a multi multi. I don't know that billion. They're worth in billions, and to, and to me, they're rip offs They are a ripoff because how many people could afford well, to the three for thousand them. dollars?
1: Okay, this goes back to what I was trying to say before we had to go to the break there, Sarah. The history mm-hmm. of, of your life, at least in recent mm-hmm. years, has been that you've lived in subsidized housing. You've been getting money from the state in order to pay a subsidized rental price uh, previously. I right. believe you didn't pay either... Near You paid close to zero, right, for your previous uh, place that you were staying?
3: No, no, no. With a voucher, it's a voucher. I, I... Pay one third of my income, which was two twenty one at the time. These average,
0: ordinary people here that are renting from TriCon—they live in a world that you simply cannot understand because you've been so sheltered, so bubbled your entire life by the government that you have no ability to have any perspective on the conversation.
1: All right, go no, ahead with what you're trying to.
3: Say. Out this. Okay, let me let me say this: This is the epitome of the the. Uh, Crony capitalism, as you call it. I mean, they're. This super,
1: isn't super... crony capitalism. This is a well, socialist is. having no you know perspective
0: what? on the real world. Sarah, they even
1: point out in this story that you supposedly watched, but I don't know how you, you know, did not. Maybe you missed this detail. But the guy they're interviewing who owns this company with the 30,000 uh, houses that they rent, he points out that only 2% of the rental market, quote, Corporate landlords represent 2% of all single family rental housing. Okay, that's nothing. The majority of rental housing is owned by individuals, small mom and pop organizations, or just, you know, not even companies, just people who have an extra house or a second home or something like that that maybe they used to live in that they moved out of at some point and got another place and decided instead of selling their old place, they'd rent it out. And there's a lot of that. A lot of the the houses, when you go out there and you apply for a home, because an apartment, you're usually dealing with a corporation, but it's usually not like some mega multinational corporation. It's usually something local. Rent increases are what they say here all over the map. They're up 35% in New York. Now, it doesn't say New York City, but I presume that's what they mean because the rest of them are all cities here. Uh, But just 9% in Chicago, 29% in Portland. Only 10% in L.A. and in only one big city were rents down last year, which is Kansas City. So rent is up across the board, and it's interesting that it's up less in some
0: of the worst places that to kind be. That makes sense, though. You know, These people are fleeing these places, and they're going to places like, like New York City. I don't know why you would go to New York City, but people
1: still think there's something, you know, worth doing there. I
0: I always just assume that when people are fleeing, you know, major cities, that New York City is going to be like the one exception to that. Because for whatever reason, it's the one that people always go to. It's the big city, right? 31% in
1: Jacksonville, 40% in Austin, Texas. And we know that Florida and Texas have this sort of reputation it's not deserved in my opinion certainly in texas's case uh for being free places or whatever they're obviously not for those of us that actually understand what freedom means but I mean, if you don't mind getting shot at while you're on spring break sure florida's probably okay but for someone who's from california it's going to be a move up now joe rogan who of course is noteworthy because well he's apparently the number one podcaster on the planet he's uh, worthy
0: he's you know, I've watched this show on occasion. I don't get I don't get the appeal, man. Oh, really? It's, it's I've, I've so only boring. seen real clips. It's of it. so dull. You've
1: actually watched the full like 3 I hours? I attempted to, or whatever. But
0: god no, it's it's so dull. Why man. is it so
1: why why do you think it's so dull but yet it's got what 10 plus million or 20 million or whatever listeners? I, I wish I knew. Uh, is it because of his I mean, interviews? why like, did
0: I find it dull? He, yeah. it just didn't have any energy behind it. Maybe he was having an off day Maybe. when I saw it, but it had no. It, it wasn't like Alex Jones shouting at the camera for two hours or whatever, you know?
1: He's always got an interview, right? Like, there's always a guest. I mean, you wouldn't know. You only watched one episode or whatever. But right, and I didn't watch the entire episode. I didn't make it. Okay. It, you tuned out. Yeah. But was there a guest on the show? I don't recall. Okay.
0: I'm assuming does so. Does he have, like, a yes, crew? Yes, there was
1: a guest. Does he have a crew? Does he have, like, a producer? He does or... have a
0: producer who mm-hmm. he occasionally has to, like, pull stuff up for him in fact check in and but stuff like that. But he's not like interacting
1: that. with the producer on the air?
0: no okay not like not like you and i interact yeah he's just got somebody right who's like hey pull this up for me or whatever and they do it sort of the same that adam kokesh when he does his show he's got Mm -hmm. his producers there kokesh will interact with his producers though
1: kind of like their co-hosts okay um so so what you're saying is joe rogan's
0: show is a true talk show about the host he said listen i've disrespected joe biden enough and i don't think i should do it anymore I've said enough about him being mentally incompetent. He's just compromised. He's an old guy. We know, everyone knows the guy is falling apart. And this is the guy he's saying, we need this guy.
1: Mm. Wow. But
0: imagine if he really was the only say in how things run and how things go, if he really was a dictator. So Joe Rogan is sort of happy that we have these invisible people pulling the, the strings, strings behind Joe Biden because Joe Biden's insane and incompetent. mm and presumably that's the same reason people are happy with the deep state in regard to Trump. Well, thank goodness someone's you know pulling the strings on Trump so we don't have this maniac holding mm. the, the keys to the nuclear weapons. Wow. Rog- Rogan has previously said that he believes the deep state is real. Last November on his show, he discussed the 2016 election and said, look, Trump's not a perfect guy. But this thing he was saying about the deep state is 100% real. And now he's okay with that. And he thinks we need it. During his time in office, Trump repeatedly made references to the Deep State, accusing officials in the US government of working against him, calling them a threat to democracy itself. So Joe Rogan apparently thinks that's a good thing. And I imagine it depends on where you fall in the political spectrum, right? Yeah,
1: I think so. And I don't know what Joe Rogan's political beliefs are. No idea. But I was always under the impression that he was on the left. If it were for the deep state concept, when Democrats are in office, Republicans might be more inclined to consider more liberty-oriented ideas at that time. But they want to keep the the people on the right interested in keep continuing the political process, continuing to elect people into positions of power by, by trying to trick them into thinking that there's this cabal of people out there that is called the deep state, that somehow they can do something about and only put good people into the offices instead. And the thing they don't understand is power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so even if you are electing someone who's quote-unquote good, the odds are they will not be good long after they get into the office.
0: And if the deep state was real in that sense, then you would have no chance of getting this good person elected in the first place. If
1: they're effective at doing what they're supposedly doing right right like if the Which deep state was real state.
0: and it did not want donald trump to become president then donald trump would not have become president
1: yeah that's a great point and there are a lot of people who will say that whoever's pulling if there are people out there
0: pulling the strings i didn't think there are maybe not as directly as some people would think but i mean we know things like the world economic forum the bilderberg group these yeah. things are real and they are pulling
1: strings then trump was part of that oh absolutely some people do not believe that. They will never believe that about Trump. Even after four years of relatively ineffective swamp draining, expressing gratitude is one of the most powerful things that you can do to be more positive. Because if you're thin, whenever you're expressing gratitude, you're thinking about things you appreciate. You're thinking about the good things in your life. And you're putting out there, if you will, into the universe positive things. You're acknowledging good things. And so the more you can. F- feel good the more that you can focus on the positive and focus on good things the more good things you tend to see if you focus on negative things you focus on bad things that are happening you're more likely to be aware of negative things and bad things obviously bad things happen to everybody it's sure. it's inevitable that your life is going to have ups and downs but if you can acknowledge that and stay positive forgiving and loving and understanding towards people even when they wrong you then that will change a lot
0: for you. That's very much where I come from with it. A lot of people like to say things like, well, if you just think positive, then you will manifest positivity and you'll experience more positive things. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but you will notice the positive things that you experience more frequently than you do the negative because you are focusing on that. Correct.
1: Yeah, sort of like in the same way that when you see a car for the first time like you know let's say your friend buys or you know somebody you know buys a new car and you'd never noticed that car before obviously it's been on the roads yeah but it's never been in your awareness in any meaningful sense and then all of a sudden you start seeing that car everywhere because now you're you're it's something you're aware of it's something you've thought about and it's something that stands out to you
0: you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.